The citizens of Shechem rebelled against him by sending men to the hilltops to ambush and rob everyone who passed by. This was reported to Abimelech. They start bushwhacking people and robbing. People who are maybe coming with tribute or whatever or money and they're they're making it a place where people don't want to come anymore. So he no longer gets taxes or whatever. So, yeah. Say it again. Kind of is what John Dillinger did. Yeah. Yeah. Look at those eyes. They're just dead eyes. It's just, yeah, that guy. I've seen, have you seen the, the, the car he was killed in? I've seen it. It's in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin. Um, it's just, it's just. Like, a, like the top of a pepper shaker. You know, no, salt shaker. You know, it's just, wow. It's just, gone. and they, what they did was they just left it where it was. It was in front of a, of a motel. They kind of let it grow over. They changed where the driveway is. But it's, it's just where it was. And there are like bullet holes in the eaves and the windows behind and stuff. They just left it. Like, this is where Dillinger was killed. And you can go see it. And uh, I probably have... I probably have a picture on my phone of it. So that's how recently I've seen it. So Dillinger got it. Did I do everything with that verse? Yeah. Now, oh, new guy. New guy. Wimpy foreigner. Okay, he comes in to try and get some glory. Uh, it doesn't get much glory. So uh, what do we, should we call Gale? Uh, Gal in in Latin would be uh, um, chicken. Let's call him chicken. Chicken Gale. Chicken Gale, son of Evan, had arrived with his brothers and crossed into Shechem, and the citizens of Shechem trusted him. They knew this guy. After they went out into the fields and harvest grapes from their vineyards, they stomped the grapes and had a celebration in the house of their God. Do you think that's the true God? No, it's not. In fact, we're going to find out that they have ties to, um, to uh, Hamor the Chivite. These are This guy is a Chivite. He's not an Israelite at all. So if you've never said the word Chivite out loud, now's your chance. Let's all say Chivite together. Chivite. So, yeah. Uh, so while they were eating and drinking, they cursed Abimelech. This would not make their king very happy. Gael, the chicken, son of Ebed. I should have put a chicken on this thing. That would have been hilarious. Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem that we should serve him? Isn't he the son of Jerubbaal and isn't Zebul his lieutenant? Zebul was the ruler of the people of Shechem. Okay? So he, they got the king and they got the local ruler. Who's the, who's the ruler today? Who's in charge of the District of Columbia in America? That's over one of the cities, but the district is more than that one city. It's a diamond-shaped region. Congress. 
Congress, which drives them crazy because they can't get anything, they can't get a, a single complaint on the docket. We're doing government business, but you're in charge of our streets too. You know, and they, 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 uh, it's hard to get a pothole filled in D.C. It really is. Um, in fact, the interstate, have you ever been there? The interstate goes in a circle around D.C., but not in. And I, I'm not sure that any of the interstate is actually in D.C., it kind of goes around it. It's in Maryland, and then it's in Virginia, and then it's in Maryland, and then it's in Virginia, and you just go around. Anyway, I feel for those people. All right. Uh, Zebul, his lieutenant. You should serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This is this Chivite connection. Why should we serve Abimelech? If these people were under my command, I would remove Abimelech. That's big noise, Mr. Chicken. Then he sent word to Abimelech. Gather your army and come out. Sorry about the sound effects, but it's going to be a bloody bath in a minute. So, this is an actual poster except for one detail. I'll let you guess. All right. When Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard what Chicken Gale, son of Ebed, said, he became angry. So he secretly sent messengers to Abimelech, saying, Be careful. Gael, son of Ebed, and his brothers have come to Shechem and are turning the city against you. Come and hide in the fields tonight and the troops with you. So come out, hide in the fields. You think it's a trap? I think it's a trap. Okay. Then, okay, back to Dillinger. Then early in the morning at sunrise, attack the city. When he and the troops with him come out against you, do whatever your hand finds to do. That phrase um, occurs a couple times in the Bible. Do whatever your hand finds to do. God says this, um, I guess most famously, do you recognize this from David's plan to build the temple? And Nathan the prophet looks at the blueprints David's built and he says, wow, do whatever your hand finds to do. And then that night, God sends a dream to say, "Way, David's not building this thing. You know, and Solomon's going to do it and so forth. Keep the plans, but David's out. Um, so, but whatever your hand finds to do, common Hebrew, evidently a fairly common Hebrew phrase. So Abimelech and all his troops got up at night and waited in ambush for Shechem in four companies. This is just ambush and ambush. It's what they were all doing all the time. Um... Four companies. Gael, the chicken, son of Ebed, went out and stood at the entrance of the city gate. Then Abimelech and his troops with him got up from their hiding places. When Gael saw the troops, he said to Zebul, okay, let's remember, who is Zebul? He's the, the mayor. And who's his king? Abimelech. And he's here with the chicken guy, right? So do you think Zebul's going to help Mr. Chicken? No. No. So when Gale saw the troops, he said to Zebul, look, troops are coming down from the mountaintops. So let's remember, it's dawn, right? The sun's coming up from the... What, what direction does this... Wait, wait. I only want the women to answer. What compass point, what direction does the sun come up every day? Very good. Very good. 
rises in the east. So rising in the east, which is toward the Jordan, the sun's coming up. And what happens to shadows? They get shorter and they run. The shadows go shorter toward the east because that's where the sun's coming up. So that's the shadows should be going away from the city, right? Look, troops are coming down from the mountaintops, he says. Like, coming this way, but the shadows are going this way. Zebel said to him, you're mistaking the mountain shadows for men. Zebel is, uh, what's the word? He's a lion. Right? He's a lion. So, all righty. So, he sees the shadows retreating to the east as the sun rises, but he thinks that there are men coming down to him to the west, away from the shadows. And Then Gale spoke again. Look, troops are coming down from the central part of the land. And a company is coming from the direction of the soothsayer's oak. This is this tree, this oak of Shechem. And Zebel said, where's your big mouth now, chicken man? Oh, chicken man's not in the text. You said, who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Aren't these the troops you despised? So go out and fight them. Whoa, right? So, so Gael went out leading the citizens of Shechem and fought against Abimelech. And when Gael fled, it's like, there's no mention of the battle even. He went out and when he ran away, uh, Abimelech pursued him and many fell wounded and all the way to the entrance of the city gate. Abimelech stayed in Aruma. I don't know where that is. And Zebel drove Gale and his brothers out of Shechem. So the mayor drives out the chicken man and they're, he and his cronies and they're, they're all out. They're out. Just done. Anything that far? Am I helping to make it a little clearer as we're going. That's my only goal. Okay. All right, back to our bad guy. I don't think Abimelech actually had a Tommy gun, but maybe. The next day, the people of Shechem went into the fields, and this was reported to Abimelech. Why would the people go out to the fields the day after a battle? Maybe pick up the dead, but I'm kind of thinking plunder. Kind of thinking plunder. Yeah. So now Shechem, he took his troops, divided them into three companies, and set an ambush in the countryside. He watched. And as the people were coming out of the city, he arose up. That should just be rose up. I have a, this is my translation. I apologize. He rose up and attacked them. Abimelech and the men in his company rushed forward and took their position at the entrance of the city gate. He blocks off their only retreat. The other two companies rushed forward against everyone out of the fields and struck them down. So it's, uh, they, they're, they're coming at him from three sides. They, they catch him in the middle and they strike down these people. This is because the city fought against him. So Abimelech fought against the city that whole day captured it and killed the people who were in it. Then he tore down the city and scattered salt 
over it. Why would you scatter salt over a city like this or its ruins? So nothing will grow there forever. Yeah. Destroys the value of the land altogether. Um, salts the land. When all the citizens in the Tower of Shechem heard this, they went into the inner chamber of the temple of El Berith. We have, this was mentioned a little bit earlier. I didn't tell you what it meant then. El is one of the words for God. And Berith is the word for covenant. This means God of the covenant. May have been a temple or a shrine of the true God. You know, I mean, they weren't supposed to have these. or were supposed to be one tabernacle only. But where in the book of Judges do we find anybody doing everything exactly as God told them to? You know, nowhere. So there may have been a little shrine here. Um, actually, quite a big shrine. A shrine big enough to house inside of it. Uh, is it a thousand people? It's a pretty big shrine. How many people could fit inside of our sanctuary standing up shoulder to shoulder? Fit about a thousand people in there? Maybe. Yeah. This was reported to Abimelech that all the citizens of the Tower of Shechem had assembled there. Um, the ruins or something like it has been discovered near Shechem by Mount Gerizim. And uh, the, 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 the whole structure is not there, but kind of the footprint of the, of the outline of the base is there. <clears throat> and I believe pieces of the altar have been discovered. They've discovered quite a few of these altars. Altar there would be about four feet tall. Those little standing statuey things that kind of look like half the Ten Commandments, those are about six, eight feet tall. The door behind them, you see, is probably five, six feet tall, a little shorter. And the altar, maybe four feet tall, say uh, seven, eight feet to a side with a ramp. Um, uh, ramps on altars in Israel in general are, were used. They were usually made of just dirt. Um, and the Lord even commanded that they not use steps um, so that when the priests would walk up there, the, like the wind wouldn't blow as he's going up the steps and expose his nakedness. Um, or, you know, so they tended to use ramps instead. It's just easier to use a ramp when, you're, when you've got a gown on. Men, you don't really understand this until you've attempted to stand up after the children's devotion in your gown <laughs> and uh, realized my foot is standing on the fabric and I cannot move. Um, and you're glad you have two verses of a hymn to fix this. Um, I, uh, someone in the congregation recently bought the pastor's new gowns. They, off, they gave a donation and we got new gowns. Mine is too, it's, mine is, it looks nice, but wow, is it too hot for the summer. Um, I sweat, I'm sorry, I sweat right through the thing. I just, uh, but... Um, uh, I'm going to have to go to two t-shirts, I think, under my gown. But uh, it's, it also needs to be hemmed. I've got to find someone to hem it up just a little bit because it's, it's below the top of my shoe line, so it's too long. You know, it's, it's a problem, so I've got to find someone uh, to fix that. Becky Margraff used to do things like that for me. She still might. She's my neighbor, nice lady. So Abimelech and all the men who were with him went up to Mount Zalman, 
He took an axe and cut a branch from the trees. He picked up the branch. So this is a whole limb of a tree, not just a little rinky-dink something. This is not what a little kid would pick up to play army with. This is a whole limb of a tree. And he puts it on his shoulder and says to the men who are with him, hurry and do what you've seen me do. So they all go out and get these huge, you know, 15 foot long limbs of this tree, like a log on one end with all kinds of stuff on the other. They do this. Each of the men cut branches and followed Abimelech. They put the branches against the inner chamber and set it on fire. About a thousand men and women died, all who were in the tower of Shechem. So he burns them. What would they have died of mostly? Smoke and heat, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Just hideous. Absolutely hideous. Well, he's not done. Abimelech went to Thebes, laid siege to it, and captured it. Now, here's a place where I'm not sure. Commentaries kind of shrug, but I, we've been told about this second spot besides Shechem, which is this Beth Millo, this uh, house of the valley or whatever, or the fill or whatever that means. Is this what the Tower of Thebes is part of? I'm not really sure, but maybe that this was the, this is the big hotel by that spot they were talking about or whatever. So he goes to Thebes, lays siege to it. Anybody have an NIV open or something? Does it say Thebes in verse 50 or does it say Thebes? With a Z or an S? A Z, yeah, Thebes. It should be two syllables. There's a famous Thebes in ancient Greece and an even more famous Thebes in Egypt. And there's a famous, famous story. I keep saying famous. Um, the Seven Against Thebes, which is, uh, goes into the, into the great Greek plays and so forth. But um, uh, uh, this is Thebes in, near Shechem, so... Laid siege to it, captured it. There was a strong tower inside the city and all the men and women, all the people of the city fled there. They locked themselves in and went up to the roof of the tower. Are you, is you, did your heart just sink like he, isn't this going to happen to them too? What, what did Einstein say about insanity, the definition of insanity? When you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome? However, there's a variable. Thebes had a variable that Shechem did not. Okay, so there is one difference. Abimelech came and attacked the tower. He fought his way to the tower entrance and set it on fire. But, oh, finally, 53 verses into this chapter, we have a happy, but... A woman threw the upper portion of a millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Yes. It's also interesting that she hit him. And young people today would say what after a shot like this? Let's go! You know, something like that. And, uh, but, wow. But let me, let, me, let me start the sentence and you will finish it. Abimelech killed his 70 brothers on a single stone. And Abimelech was killed with 
a single stone. Lighting a fire when he did it, yeah, yeah. That was his. That was his uh, weapon of choice against these places, and uh, out it came. He quickly called to his armor bearer. This happens twice in scripture. Draw your sword and kill me. Who else did that? Saul. By the way, who is the very next king of Israel? Right? If, if we were to count Abimelech, you know. So, draw your sword and kill me, or they will say, say about me, a woman killed him! Oh, horror. Horror. What? That's the thing that's on his mind? He doesn't even want to say, like, I want to make it right with God, pray with me or something. Instead, kill me, or they'll say a woman, you know. He cares about his epitaph. Here lies Abimelech. A woman killed him. Like they're going to really write that on a stone or something. So his armor bearer ran him through when he died. That's how the... So, good night, children. That's how the story ends. Not quite. Actually, the story doesn't quite end that way. This is the anticlimax of the anti-judge. When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead... Did they shout? Did they scream? Did they build a funeral pyre? Did they build a pyramid for him? When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they all went home. Yeah. That's the main thing that we know about the guy. So he was killed by this, this woman. Um, so. Uh, their answer kind of is, well, that's over. It's done. Sunday I was teaching Bible class um, on Nehemiah and uh, arguably one of the most boringest of all of the chapters, even of the Old Testament. And uh, I had, uh, 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 here it is, um, I had on, on, on one of my fingers a terrible uh, ingrowing hangnail thing into, my, into the side of my, and it was all red, it was completely bright red, it was swollen, infected, it was awful. And during the class, it actually opened up and uh, I had, you know, whatever the goo is coming out and so forth. And I, I don't know if anybody noticed it, but I pulled, I reached in and got, and got uh, I keep in my wallet um, dad band-aids. I have my whole, ever since I had a child, I'm like, I'm keeping band-aids in my billfold. And I use them all the time, especially here at church. I hardly ever had to use them for my kids, but how many kids have I given band-aids to? Um, but I was able to actually bandage myself up. But afterwards, I realized all the pain was gone. I'm like, well, that's over. Yeah. Just like this. Like, oh, that's okay. That's done. It's okay. 
It's kind of how we treat a headache or whatever, right? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like, there's been nothing worse in my life. Well, you have it, and then, oh, that's just done. Oh, is that really, is that done? In this way, God repaid the evil that Abimelech had done to his father when he murdered his 70 brothers. God also repaired, repaid the men of Shechem for all their evil. The curse of Jotham, son of Jerubbaal, came upon them. That's the reference to Jotham that we still have. And that is how the chapter actually does end. I have a little bit more to say, though. You have a little bit of time yet? We learn lessons from this anti-judge, and all of them are negative. But I think we can rejoice knowing what we have in Jesus um, over and above all of this. Let's just visit these quickly. First of all, Abimelech was like the anti-Gideon, his dad. As we have already said, he had none of his father's faith or humility or wisdom. Let's read Proverbs 10 together here. A fool finds pleasure in evil conduct, but a man of understanding delights in wisdom. Second, Abimelech was the anti-Jerubbaal. Abimelech's father was given the nickname Jerubbaal when he tore down his father's idols and took his stand for right worship of the true God. Abimelech never stood up for God, and instead he spent his life taking other people's property, breaking nearly every commandment. Let's read Proverbs 17 together. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the one who bore him. It's a roundabout way of making a, a, a parallel line. Of course, who is the one who bore him? His mother. Yeah, father above, mother below, but a different way of saying it. Abimelech, back to the list here, Abimelech was the anti-judge. The judges protected God's people from the Canaanite nations around them, turned the people back to God in repentance. Gideon attacked God's people to glorify himself. Let's read Ecclesiastes 9 together. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Abimelech was an anti-king. He brought no protection to his people, no prosperity, no government. But Jesus brings all these things. Let's read Psalm 74, 12 together. You, O God, are my king from of old. You bring salvation upon the earth. Abimelech was an anti-Christian. There was no love for God and no love for his fellow man in what he did. Abimelech had room in his heart only for Abimelech. Even his dying words were an, were an attempt to change what people thought of him rather than an appeal to God, to his judge, to forgive his sins. Let's read Proverbs 3 together. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways, for the Lord detests a perverse man but takes the upright into his confidence. It just occurred to me, it has to be, doesn't it? Abimelech has to be in hell, tuned into this Bible class right now, listening to this, right? One of his sufferings in hell, if I read Luke 16 properly, it wouldn't surprise me a bit that during his lifetime he has to read believers he has to listen to believers also learning to judge what he's done. Abimelech was an antichrist, small a antichrist. 
What are some of the marks of Christ and those few who foreshadowed him in the Old Testament? He was to be the son of David from the tribe of Judah. Sorry about the small g in Genesis. Who brought forgiveness and salvation to God's people and by laying down his life for his flock. Abimelech robbed his own people, murdered his brothers, destroyed his cities with fire and the sword, and he was a terror to all. I don't have a passage here, but I'm reminded of the refrain of Jeremiah, terror on every side. Abimelech was an anti-Jesus. Jesus is the gospel in person, the gospel personified. Abimelech was at best, and a poor best, a reminder of God's punishment for sin. Jesus rescued us from the coming punishment so that we will hear the Father say from heaven, come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Revelation 18. In Jesus alone, we have rescue, healing, peace, and the promise of everlasting life. I think that amen was appropriate. Um, we'll meet again next week. God willing. God bless you all. Thank you. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.